You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hit that subscribe button so you will be notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you haven't taken two minutes to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please do that, especially if you're an avid listener to this show. And I just thank you for that in advance. Now, today we are diving into some uncomfortable situations. Every entrepreneur has either experienced a situation with an unhappy client or is in constant fear of a situation happening in the future, right? Can we get an amen? Uh, So either way, when running a business, you will inevitably run into people who have had just, you know, a different expectation of what you were giving them, or you dropped the ball on giving them that expectation or, you know, whatever. And then when they don't receive it, they get angry. And, and very angry, you know? So what do we do when that happens? When a client starts, you know, raging or threatening to sue or leaving nasty emails or publicly slandering you online, it can just feel, it can just feel like a lot, right? Like, and so today, Evie and I are sitting down and walking through what we would do in certain circumstances like this and what we recommend and how to solve the situation as best you can and how to do so with integrity and grace. Because, you know... We're all about those things on the Heart and Hustle podcast. So if you are ready to find out how to handle those super scary client horror stories, then let's get into it. Photographers, I'm going to tell it to you straight today. One thing Lindsay and I have noticed over the years of coaching so many photographers is that many of us spend a majority of our time stuck behind a computer, editing, calling, delivering our photos, which can actually lead us to not focusing on the overall growth of our business or giving our clients an out-of-this-world experience. But the good news is that it does not have to be this way. Today, we want to introduce you to Post Partner. Unlike other photo editing companies, Post Partner is designed to partner with you for the long term as you grow your business. They pair you up with a dedicated editor committed to learning your unique style. You get direct access to your editor to build a collaborative relationship without having to manage a staff member in-house. So let's get you out of your editing cave so you can get back to growing your business and getting your life back. To get started with a free trial, go to postpartner.com forward slash heart and hustle. That's postpartner.com forward slash heart and hustle and use the code heart and hustle for $200 off your first order. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Okay, welcome, friend. Let's start off this episode by painting a picture. <laughs> you just, just like, you're like, welcome, friend. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyways, continue. I think I'm excited to dive in, so I'm like, let's just do it. Okay. No. <laughs> well, let's let's actually get back to what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. Paint Let's the picture. Paint the picture. <laughs> All right. You have a client angry with you. Because a a lot of entrepreneurs have been in this situation, expectations have not been met for whatever reasons, or the clients had, you know, didn't understand what the process looks like, what the delivery looks like, whatever, and balls were dropped. Either way, one way or another, whether it was your fault, the client's fault, or a mixture of the two, clients ended up 
getting mad. Now, we, Lindsay and I, have talked to so many students in the past on situations they've been in where clients are raging, leaving like email after email, like basically like screaming at them, leaving public reviews, like slandering their names, like demanding refunds, like threatening legal action. Now, not every like upset client situation gets this heated, but sometimes, unfortunately, in business, like these situations and like the ones where clients can get like that mad really do happen. So we kind of just like wanted it can to, happen. Yes, and can happen. So that's kind of what this episode, like we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the situation when unfortunately you get into a, a position for whatever reason, whether it was entirely your fault or not your fault at all or anything in between, a client is upset with your product or service. And we're going to mm-hmm. kind of talk about our thoughts on this. Yeah. Well, because I think oftentimes in a situation like that, you literally just want to bend and do whatever it takes to like make the situation go away. Right. Like, and just be happy, you know, or or make the client happy or at the very least, you know, not hangry with you. Right. That's kind of angry, angry, angry at you. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like at the same time, you're kind of balancing that process of just like make it go away with standing your ground and being a respectful business owner who has established boundaries, especially if you feel like you are in the right and like the client is literally psychotic. I mean, like sometimes we're not saying like anytime a a client is upset, it's always the client's fault. Most often it's actually your fault. Like low key, like, like let's take ownership as business owners and on how we can, you know, have good communication, which we'll kind of cover towards the end of this. But for whatever reason, I feel like we're balancing either like just making the situation going away or like standing our ground and being like, no, I will not be walked over. Like I am a ethical business owner and I've done nothing wrong here. Right. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're balancing those two things. Um, and I think there is a fine line between blessing your client and having a, a, a client is always right mentality and being like too firm with your head in the ground or, or sorry, there's a balance between like the client is always right versus being too firm and having your head yeah. in the ground, like, like yeah. an ostrich or whatever, like unwilling to budge for any reason. Cause you were a business owner. Like, I think there is a fine line and I think there is a middle ground here that we want to kind of explore. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this. If you've ever found yourself in a situation with a very upset client or you ever encounter the situation in the future and you just want to be prepared, we're going to talk through the steps that we would take to help kind of solve this issue. So yeah. number one, Step back and take your personal feelings out of this. Don't get hurt or offended. Just shift your perspective to try to really understand like where your client is coming from and take the like this initial first thing is kind of pulling your personal feelings out of it Uh of like, oh, this is against me. They hate me as a human being. It's like, no, just take your personal feelings out of this and refuse to be hurt or offended and just be like, okay, let me view this objectively. Yeah. Which is, I feel like hard when they're like literally screaming at you yeah. or like they're sending like nasty emails. Um, which like, I, I will say like, I, I don't, we've, we've had our fair share of like, you know, Oh, a client is unhappy, but we've luckily never dealt with like an, an intense escalated situation to the level of like stories that we've heard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, which sure. is, which is a blessing, but I, I know like we have talked to many like students in the past or just like, you know, DMS of people asking, Hey, what do I do? I'm in this situation. Like, so yeah. it's, this is not unheard of. Like people get angry and I love that first step. Cause it's like the first immediate reaction that you have is to like, 
to be like, they're wrong. That's not what happened. Like, and you get offended and it's like, you just got to take your opinion out of it and really truly think, okay, I'm like, get into the mindset of them and see where they're coming. Like try to understand what they're saying. And if you can, even if it, if you don't see it the same way, see if you can empathize or like understand where they're coming from, which kind of, I think goes into number two, which is take genuine accountability for how you have communicated or not communicated expectations with them throughout the entire like business relationship. And this is where you really have to drop your pride. Like genuinely, you have to drop your pride. Like, were there any balls that you genuinely did drop? Is there a way that you could have been more clear in, in the entire process of communicating with them? Like, and leave your emotions out of it. Are they genuinely coming from a valid place where you did not deliver what you promised or what was the expectation? And again, some of this is from them just already having a preconceived expectation and the ball that you dropped there then is to not clarify either before or after they hired you. Um, And so they're just going off of an expectation that they might have had that wasn't ever true to begin with. But I would still say that that goes on you as the business owner for not setting that expectation of what it should have been at the beginning. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, there's always the tiny chance that it is a situation where they genuinely are just completely out of line because you did totally lay expectations. You communicated very clearly and you delivered on your expectations or you over-delivered on your expectations. And they just had some fairy tale in their head of what, you know, like some random thing that was going to occur, you know, whatever they, they didn't, have a firm grasp on like reality that you communicated very well. So that's always a possibility, but there's also always most likely something that we could have done better as a business owner as well. So number two is like Lindsay said, to just like actually take accountability, be willing to set aside your pride and assess objectively. Could I have done anything better to communicate expectations through this process? And then number three is kind of like once you've emphasized, uh, empathized, not empathized, what did I say? Empathized and looked at things like from their perspective, kind of step back now into your CEO seat and view things as the business owner. Again, keeping your personal feelings out of this and kind of assess like what boundaries need to be held or released in this situation. So what are they requesting or demanding most likely, but we're going to be kind to them. What are they requesting? What are they wanting? Um, are they, those, those requests or feelings valid or un, totally unreasonable? Um, did you do or not do anything that caused them to feel frustrated? What are you willing to do to rectify the situations and, and what things are you willing to not do? And then what does your contract say? Like, those are all things that I would ask yourself and and look through. Like, are they demanding a full refund for an entire wedding because they thought your turnaround time was one week and you said it was one month or, you know, something like, like, it could be something that you're like, no, uh, that was in my, on my website, in my like pricing guide, in my wedding guide, in my contract. Mm -hmm. And I verbally communicated that to you. I do not know where you're coming from. You are not getting a full refund. Or is it a situation where, um, you know, they are, you guaranteed them a certain number of photos and you under delivered and they're asking for more photos or for a partial refund. And you can assess the situation and be like, okay. Um, or, you know, I'm using photography examples, but this can be for anyone like a uh, twist and apply the general, general scenarios to whatever business model you're, you're holding. But, um, you know, are, are you willing to go back through the photos and deliver more to meet the 
the number that you promised and you're willing to give them a a slight refund because you dropped the ball. You didn't realize that you were under your quota for the number of photos you were supposed to do. You know, like those things really assess as the business owner, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to meet them like in, in to rectify the situation? What are they asking for? Am I willing to meet them there? Maybe I'm not going to give them a full refund, but here's what I'll do instead, you know, like such and such. So this is the point where you really sit through and assess objectively, what are my options? What am I willing to consider doing moving forward to rectify the situation? Mm, That's so good. Okay. Well, the number four is in communication then with your client once you've done all that assessing. And now whether the the communication is via email or they're asking to hop on a call or anything else, approach the conversation by asking questions and letting them talk first. Like, especially I feel like this kind of goes into a Zoom call a little bit maybe better. And, and I would say like, if you do get an upset client on a Zoom call, absolutely freaking record that. But anyways. I feel um, like the same with email though. Like if a client comes at, like if a client not recording, but like, like, the same with having them talk first. first. Yeah. Like if they come at you and they're like super angry in their first email, I would not respond to that first email. Like like, with what you'll do. Like attacking, like attacking back or being defensive or here's a solution. I would be, I would respond back and ask questions and say, okay, clarify. Yeah. Yeah. But continue. No. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's via email or video, approach the conversation by asking questions and letting them talk first. Like, don't just dive in, you know, like Evie said, just with like a list of angry, like excuses or clauses from your contract, no matter how valid they might be and how unvalid the client might be, right? Like, because oftentimes I think a client just wants to be heard and feel understood, especially if there's that expectation that wasn't met. And just, they they clearly have been hurt in some way. Any client that's like demanding or screaming or, or raging, like they trust has been broken. And so they feel betrayed. So like when you look at it from that perspective, like maybe, yeah, their the reaction of how they're handling it is immature or uncalled for or whatever, but they're still coming from a place of, of anger of, of being wronged. Right. And so we have to kind of remember that. Um, and so they just want a space, you to give them a space to vent, share and process. Um, and I think when you do that, it helps really try to come to a mutual understanding and it helps you empathize with what they're actually saying and feeling. And then that goes really closely. This ties really closely into point number five, which is once you've given them the stage to vent and share, repeat back to them what you are hearing them say, whether again, that's via email or via like a Zoom call. And I think this is just good communication one-on-one because you're speaking their situation or their, sorry, their own concerns back to them so that they feel heard versus walked over. And, and I think so often in con- conflict situations, we just kind of throw accusations at each other versus like actually truly sitting down and listening to what the other person is saying and understanding the other side. Mm-hmm. So like even a sentence like, okay, so from what you've said, I'm understanding that you feel like X based on the fact that I didn't do X. Is that correct? Like, does that make sense? Like I'm, I'm, I'm regurgitating what they've said to just clarify that you're, because I think especially when angry, like flames are flying, you could assume a lot about each other, Mm -hmm. about what each other is saying, what each other is doing. And so if they're saying something, obviously, yes, give them the time to speak and then be like, okay, so you are upset because, you know, this situation, just so that you're clarifying that you're not misinterpreting, you know, the rage or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And then number six. So next, once you've shared like what you're hearing them say, that's the point then. And they've like confirmed, yes, that's what I'm saying. This is when I would say to like 
calmly and kindly communicate with them your perspective. Take accountability. Own up to any feelings. Like communicate if you did anything wrong and you recognize it, you know, in the example of under delivering um, a number of, you know, photos in a gallery or whatever, say something like, you know, I am so sorry. It has been a busy season. I had a bunch of galleries and I just go through and find the best of the best photos. And I did not count your gallery before I sent it over. And I did not realize I was short images. That is on me. You are completely right. And I will, you know, absolutely match the the promised delivery, you know, whatever, like whatever it is, take accountability if you did anything wrong. And then also something that I think is really important here is communicate your expectations for yourself as a business owner. So like, for example, if you could say something like, I want every single client of mine to feel held and secure and that they can trust me with their project. And I am so sorry that you haven't felt that in this situation. And I'm going to do everything I can to make this right. Because if even if what they're asking is or demanding is like totally unreasonable, gently communicating through this is my heart behind my business. This is what my goal is. It's kind of like almost recentering them like they're if somebody is upset, angry, feeling misunderstood or ill-used or whatever and they come into a conversation with a business owner who says something as humble as, "You know, I am so sorry. My goal is always blank." And it sounds like I haven't met that. And so I'm going to do everything I can to make this right. That can often just diffuse the situation for the person to be like, oh, okay. Like they're, they're not out to jip me or, or, mm-hmm. you know, like take advantage of me or screw me over. Like uh, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Maybe I'm freaking out about nothing or, you know, there's, there's just, it diffuses the situation. And then with that, if what they are asking is genuinely like completely unreasonable, you can gently communicate why you haven't lived up to their unreasonable, but they don't see it that way, expectation. So for example, if a client is like shocked that you didn't Photoshop 15 pounds off of him in every single photo from his, you know, uh, LinkedIn headshot thing or whatever, like this might be, uh, it's time to point to some areas in your website, pricing guide, outfit guide, and contract where you state that you don't Photoshop, uh, or do retouching like that as a part of your services, unless it's specifically requested and it's an additional fee. Like there's, this is the time too, if somebody is like absolutely off the wall, psycho upset over something that you're like, that has never been something that I offer. This is like a a great time to be like, I'm so sorry you feel disappointed. That, you know, makes me so sad. I loved your photos. I, you know, totally understand you may have been wanting some retouching done with these photos. However, I did not understand that because here is what my communication has been. And you can like point to the areas like I state this across all client communication and my contract. Retouching is an additional service that requires an additional fee and additional invoice. I'm more than happy, you know, to do the, like whatever, which we can talk about in a second, but that's the time to kind of like communicate if the correction, yes, (laughs) kind of like a gentle, like, I'm so sorry. However, this is never, this is not something that I offer or am able to do for you. 
And and here is where I have said that, which again, yes. at the end of this episode, if you haven't said that, you you don't really have ground to stand. Like if you don't have a contract, if you don't say any of that stuff, you really don't have ground to stand on when when people are making those demands, which goes back to why we just freaking shout contracts from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we'll, we'll tell you kind of towards the end of this episode, like how to prevent things like this from happening. But like right now you're in the thick of it, right? So the next step, number seven, is after all of this, offer a solution, right? Which kind of that Evie was kind of getting to like, and I think this is obviously going to vary like what the solution is from person to person and case by case. And in the last example that Evie just said, like of wanting like a, like a Photoshop work to be done to remove weight or offer like whatever, whatever the issue is, like you could offer to do so for the full gallery for the price that's communicated in the contract, or you could offer to do it for free to three photos of their choice. Like that's, that's where you kind of have to have the big girl pants on or big boy pants on of like, what do I want to do as the business owner? What feels right? And you have to kind of follow your gut on this one. Um, like, does it feel right to give a partial refund in, in a circumstance? Does it feel right to give a full refund in a circumstance? Or does it feel right to like stick it to the guns because you had a contract and you're technically breaking it if you give them what they want, right? Like, so that's where I think discernment and wisdom comes into play. Um, and that's going to be different for absolutely every single person. And like, that's not a situation where we can obviously tell you what to do. Um, cause you are balancing, you're balancing like a client that's upset, you know, versus like what is stated in your contract. I would say though, like if you're communicating in a wholehearted way and like being gentle and listening to them and understanding and like basically doing every single thing that like we had just said so far. And then you go back to your contract. I don't like people can't argue with a contract that they literally signed as long as it's like legal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and something else when it comes to making the decision of the solution that you're going to offer, ask like, questions of fellow business owners, like hop into, you know, send a DM to a fellow photographer friend and be like, Hey, here's the situation. Can I get your input? Or, Hey, I have a situation with a client that that's upset and I need to figure out what to do. Can I have like some feedback or whatever? Um, our heart and hustle Facebook group community is a great place to ask tough questions like this too. The link for that is in the show notes. Like do not be afraid to ask for other people's input everyone at every point in in time, even if it's been once or twice in business, I guess, depending on how long they've been in business, um, has dealt with some sort of situation or they can just give external thoughts of like, oh, you know, I actually see where the client's coming from here. You know, maybe it would be good to do such and such. So do not be afraid. I cannot recommend enough getting external input in situations like this. Like you might be too close to the issue. You might be emotional, no matter how much you're trying to pull your personal feelings out of it. So get input when trying to come up with a solution or, you know, something to offer back to your clients, like definitely recommend that. Yeah. Hey, heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you 
get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before, and reach revenue goals that you've barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. And then this is a small tip, but number eight is to get everything in writing or if it's on a Zoom call, record it. Like I said, in the event that a client does take things further and escalates the situation and threatens to sue or or whatever it is, it's just wise and smart to have absolutely everything in the history of your communication written or recorded just for legal purposes. That's smart. So like, even when a client isn't upset, that's just a smart business move to have. Like, like, Obviously, that is hard to do and, and sometimes impossible. Like on a client consult call, you might not be recording it like at the beginning of the relationship when it's all hunky-dory. Um, but just try to think in advance for situations like this to like write down and record everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then the last thing on this topic is sometimes when situations arise like this where people get angry and heated, they might take to leaving nasty reviews about your business publicly. So what do you do when that happens? Well, depending on where the review is written, it sometimes can't be deleted. Um, Sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. In the event that it can't, um, if what the upset client is stating is simply not true, we recommend responding publicly to the review um, and firmly, respectfully, and kindly sharing the full picture of the situation for other people to read and be like, oh, wow, uh, that person, that client sounds psycho. And, you know, so and so handled the response so beautifully yeah. and so professionally. I'm, well, I'm really impressed by that. Tone is important especially written. Yes. Like you don't want to match an angry slandering review with like equal hate and slander. Yes. Or like, because that's you're just out of line. This. Yeah. That's just as like, cause again, this is public and you want to make sure that you are leading with respect and class yes. is what I would say to that. And something else, if you can't delete certain reviews, depending on where it is, sometimes you can report it. You know, if it's on like your Facebook page, sometimes you can report it to Facebook and like mm-hmm. basically say like, Hey, this is slander or defamation or whatever. Like, I, you know, this isn't accurate. I can show you the receipts of our emails, like whatever. So sometimes you can get it pulled down. Um, but if you can't, this is where we'd say like respond. And then if what the client is saying is true and you genuinely did drop a ball or miscommunicate, um, it can sometimes be helpful in a public review to respond like also and kindly and respectfully take ownership and apologize for like in a responding comment. And then you can share, you know, if if you've resolved the situation with the client, you can share, you know, 
publicly like, Hey, I am so sorry. I did, you know, lose your email in the midst of my father dying or like, you know, whatever, like the, the situation, explain the situation. <laughs> Not every situation though. I feel no, like, but you know what I mean? Easy of an excuse. <laughs> right. Like, but I'm saying like, share, like explain the story. And then my thought is to add on what your resolution was so that future clients can also see, oh, okay, well, this person's taking responsibility. They're right. owning up to their mistakes and they rectified the situation by doing blank. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm just like, also you have to remember like written tone is different than maybe how you perceive it. So even like, if you're saying like, I'm so sorry that I dropped the ball while my father died, like that could be read as like, uh, even though it's absolutely tragic that that could be read from somebody as as like a sassy, like a sassy, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond to you when my freaking father died. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so Tone is everything. Tone is everything. I, but if you are going to respond to public reviews, I would definitely recommend, again, get external feedback. Have people read their review and then your response before you post it and be like, does this come across? The, here's my intent. Can you yeah. tell my intent from like just these written words? And then obviously every situation is different. Every like response is going to be different. But being able to have the guts to respond publicly and like honestly communicate, whether it's too gently, but firmly, like, you know, say, Hey, that's actually completely inaccurate or to say, this is correct. I did drop the ball. I am so sorry. And I have remedied it by blah, blah, blah. Um, I just think that shows a huge part of your heart as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And it will go a long way in future clients who do happen to see that really negative review and really seeing the heart of you and your business. Amen. So now that we've discussed what to do when you're in the thick of it. Let's now back up a little bit and say, okay, how do we never, ever, 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 ever get in this situation ever, ever, ever again? (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about preventative measures to avoid upset clients in the future. So number one, um, I feel like this is just going to have a lot of sub points because uh, it's a big one. Uh, Communicate everything a million times in a million different places. Mm -hmm. Over-communicate. Over-communicate and set those expectations. Like yes. over-communicate until you think like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous and then do it again. Yep. <laughs> so basically what this looks like is set expectations for what you do and what you don't do and what it's like to work with you on your website all over, like including FAQ page, your experience page, your about page, like your make booking sure, page. Yeah, your booking, like literally make Portfolio sure that page, like- your blog. <laughs> well, and like- and like, that doesn't mean like you have to have like the the saying of like, oh, I don't Photoshop people like to not look what they look like and have that on your about page. Like, that's not what we're saying. We're saying like the, the work, like the experience and the heart of what you do, make sure that is everywhere. And then mm-hmm. for things like that, like actual like questions that are specific, yes, make sure that's on an FAQ page on your website. Make sure that that's on an FAQ section of your of your pricing guide. And then also bring up things like that in a client consult call. When people are asking even if they're not asking, like something that I do in my client consult calls is like, I, I give them the floor and say, Hey, like, is there anything that you want to know about how I work? And like, they'll either ask questions or they will be like, Oh no, not really. Um, I'll be like, well, I actually have a couple of like com- most common questions that, uh, a lot of people have. Can we, do you mind if we go through those? And like, they'll be like, Oh wow. Thank you. Like, that's awesome. You came prepared. Great. Um, <laughs> and, and that's kind of where you even can... know what to ask. So it's right, a great exactly. way to exactly. like, yeah. So that's a great way to basically just recommunicate like all of that everywhere. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because it's like, you can't you can't assume just because you're like, oh, well, well, I have that 
on clause 75B of my contract. Like (laughs) you cannot assume that somebody's seen it when it's one place in your whole experience. It should be multiple places. You should be doing your best to communicate it like with the contract itself specifically in the proposal, like delivery email. So when you're sending them the contract and or the invoice, something that you can also do is to highlight key sections of your contract that they should look closely at or notice and offer like for them to ask any questions if they have anything about those clauses. So you can say, you know, in your actual email, like, Hey, here is the proposal, blah, blah, blah. Like all your details about like how to move forward with it. And here's a few like notes about like some clauses in the contract that are typically like pretty key for you to notice. Clause one, this says like, I don't uh, allow any other photographer there on the wedding day. Clause number two, uh, this says that I don't Photoshop, you know, uh, for free. It's an additional fee if you want extensive Photoshop work done. Clause number four, this says I need a hot meal. Like those things that you're like, these are important clauses. I've heard horror stories about this, or I've had bad experiences in the past, whatever it is, like you can easily pull that into a paragraph section on the actual email, basically giving them another place where you are communicating and setting expectations. Basically share as much information as you possibly can clearly in every way possible so that they aren't confused or misunderstood. (laughs) Like that's literally it. Like that's just it. Um, All right, next one is to under-promise and over-deliver. I know you've probably heard that phrase before, but if you're always promising what you can't consistently deliver, then you're always going to have disappointed clients, right? And we, like as a business owner, you want to set expectations and then you want to blow them away, right? So if you under-promise something and you say, hey, this is exactly what I'm going to do, and then you go above and beyond that, like you're always going to have pleased clients. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I will say, this doesn't mean that you should present your business as like a half-assed brand. Like, <laughs> oh, I just do this, like whatever. Like, obviously you want to include immense value in your offer and like yeah. what you're serving them. But I, I think it rather have lots of extra surprises and treats for clients along the way that you don't necessarily like say, th- like, for example, we both send champagne to our wedding couples when we deliver the gallery. Nowhere mm-hmm. in our client experience are we, or do we say that we do that. It's not like we have that in our pricing guide of like, this is what you get. Like yeah. there's ways to put stuff in your pricing guide to increase your value without being like champagne delivery, you yeah. know? Cause that's just like a secret surprise that you can kind of blow the, well, maybe it's not secret anymore. I was going to but- say we're as educators now, we <laughs> talk about that so much. I feel like our clients probably know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot of my clients though, ironically are not in the industry. And so I'm like, maybe that's they true. just don't know. That's great. <laughs> that's true. But if I unless know. somebody comes from knowing us as educators and like listen to the podcast or anything like that, like, yeah, yeah we, we don't ever put that anywhere in our communication. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to think of another example. Well, something uh, else is like rapid email response times. Like oh, yeah. you don't necessarily communicate in your, you know, you don't have to in your pricing guide or emails or anything like that. Like, Hey, I respond to emails within one to two hours. Like, no, you could just say something like, Hey, I responses may take up to two business days, but you always answer within like 24 hours or 12 hours or, yeah. you know, whatever is reasonable for you. Something as little as that can also kind of blow away a client of like, oh, I thought two business days was a totally reasonable response time. And I was excited that like, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to take a week or two, but you're responding within like hours. And I know that I can get a response, like that yeah. little something like that too, of like, wow, you're available. You're listening, you're responding. That's awesome. Um, but the second you communicate that, your response time is two hours. You've now, you've now adjusted their expectations. They were fine with like a week. And and now you've 
now you've said it so that it's two hours. So now in order to beat that, you have to be like 15 minutes response and like, you're not going to do that. So it's just like, don't over promise under promise and then over deliver. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And the number three is to have a dang good client experience. So in addition to clearly communicating often, like over and 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 under promising and over delivering, make sure that you are treating your clients with the utmost respect and like experience, like the best of the best that you can possibly give them. Like respond to their emails quickly. Do not leave them hanging. Send client gifts when they book. Set expectations from the get-go and then actually like follow through with them. Listen, like if if there's something going on with a client during a project that is occurring in their life that's making something more stressful, wedding planning more stressful, or you know their venue just told them they can't have sparklers and they're really disappointed because they wanted that for the exit of their wedding. Like be there for them as a human being and be like, well, can we problem solve? What if we did bubbles instead? And like, I brought a lighting setup that would let the bubbles really like shine in the photos. And like, like that type of next level, how can you create an experience that will blow away and like, wow, your client? Like that, those are the things to think through. And don't ever say that you'll do something for a client or send them something. And then you don't like, yeah, do not ever promise something and don't deliver on it. That is, I would number one, I would also, uh, go so far as to I, I ideally when it comes to client experience, don't do stuff for one client that you don't do for another. Because if you are, if you become known for having a specific thing that you do for every client and then someone books you kind of expecting that, and then you don't do it, then you've already dropped the ball. Even if, even if you haven't made it public, like if you're just like, I don't, I don't know an example, but if you're known for doing something like as a part of your client experience and like, people are referring you and they're talking to you like their friends of like, Oh, hire this person. And then you don't do it for them. That's also a, a form of like dropping the ball. Cause you're not consistent then with your client experience. Unless you're doing something like equal, like different, but equal, you know what I mean? Right. Right. But I mean like the same thing, like yes. if, if you give a client gift to every single client and then you just don't for one. Yeah. It's It's like, I mean, like, I mean, maybe they won't know, but, but just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like kind of just wrapping up. Like, at the end of the day, it's basically all about communication and delivering on your promises. And yeah. it takes some forward thinking. It takes some intentionality. It takes some communication with your clients. But I mean, I think Lindsay and I have only ever really had, like, I think I've had two clients in my entire career that have ever had any one photography and one uh, coaching that have ever had. And both of them resolved very, very well. They were never crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's not like once you get into the habit of communicating and communicating and communicating and communicating and communicating, it's, it does not, it's not like an regular thing. That's like, Oh yes, it happens all the time, many a time. So that's just, but in those situations where those moments do occur, we hope this was also extremely helpful in like, okay, I can go back and review my whole communication and experience and everything. But what do I do right now? Because this is chaos. So we hope that this was kind of the balance of the two and really gave you some tangible takeaways for both sides of the coin. Well, and if you are a photographer or a business owner, service-based provider, whatever, and you know, either you yourself, like obviously, hopefully this episode is helpful, but if you know of a friend who is going through something or you, you like see a Facebook post of somebody that's like dealing with like, 
this exact situation, then feel free to share this episode with them. And hopefully it would be helpful for them as well. Um, and if you loved it, share it on your stories, tag us. Uh, we love seeing just feedback and just general excitement over specific episodes that we do. Um, and as always come join our heart and hustle Facebook group link is in the show notes. Um, and let's share in there, like kind of like, I don't know, sticky situations, how we feel uh, just all the things about um, cause this is hard. Like this is a hard part of entrepreneurship that we're, that we have to deal with and, uh, ways to prevent it. So let us know and we will see you on the next episode. Bye friends.